When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is a wrestling podcast for wrestling fans from a wrestling fan. This is Selling the Mark. I am Corey Mitchell joining you again this week. <laughs> and uh, boy, for something that, for a week that kind of started out um, pretty average in terms of like having go home shows for Money in the Bank and all that kind of stuff, uh, as I was prepping for this podcast, um, catching up on AEW and SmackDown and the main event on NXT. I, I, uh, and, and, and shout out to, uh, to Maddie on, on Twitter for bringing this to my attention. Um, Impact had Slammiversary this week and that, that's a pretty big show for Impact every year. And uh, the main event was Sammy Callahan challenging Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. Um, now, I, I, I normally don't uh, go out of my way to purchase any Impact uh, pay-per-views or anything like that, just because I, I, I don't really keep up on the product. It's tough here in Canada, too, um, because we don't get, we don't get uh, the Impact episodes until a week after the fact. Um, so I, I guess impact is a week behind here. Um, from everything I could kind of glean off, off Twitter and everything like that, it looked like it was a really good match, really good main event. Um, but again, everything involving uh, Kenny Omega right now is happening after the bell, and it's no different with with what happened at Slammiversary. Um, it really seems like this whole forbidden door thing that started with Impact and AEW getting a working relationship. Um, a lot of the, a lot of this is just it takes place on Impact Wrestling, and Slamversary was no exception. Um, not only did we get Mickey James, who is under contract with the NWA, showing up, uh, we had Thunder Rosa challenge for the women's title. Um, but after the main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers in the ring celebrating, and out comes none other than the never open weight champion and the leader of the Bola Club, the Switchblade Jay White. Um, this this was huge. Like this is just such a massive uh, appearance um, because up until now we we've really had some kind of fringe sort of New Japan involvement. Um, in both Impact and in AEW, um, other than than Kenta, I feel like is a pretty big name. Um, Yuji Nagata, I don't think is as big a name as he used to be, but Jay like Jay White is. I, I would go as far to say that he's probably one of the pillars of New Japan Pro Wrestling right now, um, along with Okada, Tanahashi, of course, um, Naito, those guys. 
and there's so many different variables here. Um, number one, you have uh, the dynamic of the leader of the Bola Club in Japan, Jay White, coming out and having a face-to-face -face with the leader of this uh, self-proclaimed Bola Club Bullet Club group, the Super Elite, in Kenny Omega. Um, you have the man who beat Kenny Omega to capture the IWGP United States Championship so many years ago in Jay White. You have Jay White holding a title that Kenny Omega never held during his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's the never open weight title. Um, but I think more importantly, like we, we have the start of what could be... Uh, a renewed sort of Bullet Club Civil War storyline story going forward here. Um, I, I don't know if Jay, if this means Jay White's next in line to challenge for like an Impact title or anything like that. I would assume it's more likely the storyline going forward is around that never open weight title and to just continue this idea of Kenny Omega being the belt collector. Um, again, the, the Never Open Weight is the only singles title in New Japan that Kenny Omega has never held. He's a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's a former IWGP US Champion, a former IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and of course a former IWGP World Champion. Like he, He's literally done it all in New Japan except for that title. Um, a bit of like history, I guess, from my standpoint on the open weight title. I don't. I've never viewed that title as um, like it's very much a secondary title, but it it has such a prestige around it. Um, and New Japan has really been trying to build that prestige, like by by putting that title on guys like Jay White, on Tanahashi's things things like that. Um, and of course, uh, Tanahashi being one of the biggest stars New Japan has right now. I, I am all for Kenny Omega and Jay White. Like these guys had a fantastic match for the U.S. title. When was it? Probably three years ago now in New Japan. Um, that saw Jay White uh, win that title. Um, I we you know Jay White is a guy who when we had that kind of original Bullet Club Civil War that saw the elite taking on guys like. Uh, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Bad Luck Folly, all those guys. He wasn't really front and center in that just yet. He, he really didn't step up into prominence with the Bullet Club as their leader until after Kenny and the Bucks and everybody had left New Japan to, to go form All Elite Wrestling. Um, the fact that we're able to like circle back around to what is a pretty big deal like in the wrestling world is just amazing. And... It just goes to show again, and I've, I've said it before on this podcast, the way that these companies are, are coming together in the spirit of cooperation instead of being competitive with each other. It's just, it is good for everybody. It is good for the companies involved. It is good for the performers involved. And it, it's damn good for the fans. Like, this is, this is, you know, it's dream match stuff again, right? And it's a match that... At the time when All Elite Wrestling was formed, we didn't think we would ever see. You know, up until the last year, these companies just didn't cross over this way. They, they just didn't involve themselves with each other. They, they viewed each other more as rivals than as partners. 
and and I love going forward that we're getting so much of this partnership stuff. And again, we saw so much of it on Slammiversary, like you know Thunder Rosa who competes in both NWA and AEW, challenging for the Impact Women's Title against Diana Perez or Perosa, sorry. Um, after the match, Mickey James coming out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Mickey James had to say. I I don't know if she challenged for that title or not. I'm still kind of trying to catch up on all that stuff. I just wanted to get into get in and get the podcast recorded. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a Diana Perosa show up in this NWA women's pay per view that's coming up in a few in a few weeks here, right? Like it could very well have been a recruitment thing. Um, yeah, it just. And, and even the follow-up stuff, not not to kind of jump around too much, but um, after Jay White comes out, he gets attacked by Juice Robinson and, and David Finley, and uh, I know he has a title defense against David Finley on New Japan Strong coming up, um, which is kind of their U.S. offshoot program right now. And, and so, like, you have that aspect. Like, there's so much going on with Impact Wrestling. It just it makes me want to watch more Impact Wrestling which is ridiculous because I've, I'm already so swamped trying to watch everything else. But but that seems, Impact Wrestling seems to be the catalyst of where a lot of this Forbidden Door stuff is happening. Um, not not to say it's not happening anywhere else. We saw on, on Dynamite this past week, we had an IWGP United States Championship match uh, with John Moxley defending against Carl Anderson. And, and again, Carl Anderson contracted with Impact Wrestling. Uh, he and Gallows are, are going to be competing in this, um, what is it, the New Japan Resurgence Tag Team Tournament coming up. So, like, these guys are going back to Japan where they've had a ton of success. They are multi-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. Uh, and the whole premise of this match was for Carl Anderson to bring that U.S. Championship back to New Japan. Like, he very much views himself as a New Japan wrestler still. Um and Carl Anderson's a guy who has a ton of success in New Japan, not just in a tag team, but also as a singles wrestler, um, making it all the way to the finals of the G1 tournament one year, and, and eventually forming the Bullet Club with uh, Finn Balor, who back then was known as Prince Devitt. We'll get to Finn Balor in a little bit here. It, it's It's been a really busy end of the week in the world of wrestling. There's, there's quite a bit to go over just in the last couple days here, like... Um, but yeah, great match with Anderson and, and Moxley on, on Dynamite for that w, that IWGP US Championship. Um, Carl Anderson is very much underrated as a singles wrestler. Uh, he, he's just so tied to the tag team scene with Gallows and, and, you know, from going from New Japan to WWE to Impact Wrestling and now to Dynamite and then, I guess, back to New Japan. They're, they're, they're such a good team. They work so well together. But for Carl Anderson, you put him in a singles match with any top guy, and you're getting a fantastic match every time. Like, he is such a, such a good performer. He's such a good wrestler. Um, to, to kind of stick with the U.S. title stuff, we're getting an, another U.S. title defense next week on Dynamite, and this time it's going to be Moxley defending against Lance Archer with the story being that Lance Archer never got his rematch after Moxley beat him at Wrestle Kingdom 14 in the Tokyo Dome to win that title. Um, 
again, two guys who are going to have a fantastic match. It's going to be a Texas death match. Um, this could be the time that Moxley drops this belt. I could very well see that happening. Um, just because of the circumstances where he had beaten Lance Archer in a Texas death match at Wrestle Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Kingdom to win the title, and it, it kind of comes full circle now to see him lose that title to Lance Archer in a Texas death match. But I think we're in for another really good title match next week, and the fact that you have two AEW guys now battling for a New Japan title, again, it just shows um, what you can do with this this new era of cooperation between companies. It's just, it's been a week of appearances. Like it really, really has been um, with, with obviously the biggest one being Jay White appearing on, uh, on Slammiversary, but we had Finn Balor appear on SmackDown. Um, we haven't seen him since he lost his title match to Karrion Cross back at Stand and Deliver. Uh, and like I'm all for Finn Balor going back to the main roster, uh, and, and like this is a guy who he was the first ever Universal Champion until he was injured. Like he was injured in that match, and, and he's just he's never been elevated back to that level. And you would hope bringing him back to SmackDown after having a pretty prolific run in NXT as as the champion and and having some good matches with Karrion Cross and stuff, you would hope to see him elevated now, but. It looks like they're starting to in a feud with Sami Zayn, and that just, as much as I love Sami Zayn, like that just keeps those guys stuck in that mid card going forward. So, like, it's cool to see Finn back on the main roster, back on SmackDown, but I just, it feels like he's been kind of shoehorned back into that role that he was in before he went back to NXT, which is like mid card, you know, intercontinental championship guy. Um, Interesting too, like this week on SmackDown was the first WWE live crowd event. Like the Thunderdome was all gone. I expected Finn Balor to get a bigger response from the crowd than he did. And I don't know if it's maybe just that they knew he was going to be there or maybe they had kind of blown themselves up with all the reactions they had leading up to that. Because like it was such a hot crowd on SmackDown right from the beginning with Vince McMahon coming out and kind of welcoming the crowd back. Um... Even like Roman got a huge reaction um, coming coming out to start to start the show in that six man tag match, and which is surprising. Like this this is a, a crowd. The WWE universe is kind of like a crowd that has really always kind of rejected Roman Reigns. I, I guess more in a babyface role, um, being touted as like that next undef like unbeatable John Cena type character. And to see him now in this heel role, and he came out, and there was like definitely a mixed reaction, but I think a lot of the fans are really behind Roman Reigns in this role. Um, huge reaction for him. Probably, probably only paled by the reaction that Edge got when he came out, <laughs> and, and 
And it, again, maybe that speaks to the reaction that Finn Balor got. Maybe this crowd was just a little bit worn out because they were going hard all through the start of that show. Um, and, and this is what WWE's really missed with like live crowds. And, and I've talked about this as well as the Drew McIntyre era. is it, It's so hard to gauge the success of a guy as a champion when you don't have that crowd reaction that you can't control. Like with the Thunderdome, obviously they were piping in crowd sounds and as much as it made it seem like the crowd supported Drew McIntyre, you never really knew because um, it wasn't an authentic reaction. It'll be interesting to see this upcoming episode of Raw, the kind of reaction Drew's going to get in front of a live crowd for the first time since the Royal Rumble, that like two years ago that he won. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really cool week um, for WWE. I guess, like, before Raw, we have money in the bank, so that's going to be a really opportunistic place to gauge crowd reactions, to gauge how they feel about a guy like Bobby Lashley being champion, how they feel about Kofi back in the title picture, where do they stand with Drew McIntyre as one of the big baby faces on this show, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? So it's it's going to be fun to watch Money in the Bank um, coming up here. Uh, the I guess this, this podcast drops the day of Money in the Bank um, because we're going to have that live crowd. Like this is the first big, big show for live crowds in almost two years for the WWE. And I think as much as you can criticize the product and you can criticize the booking of a lot of what's happening on WWE um, a prime example of that being like Raw felt very by the numbers as a go home show um, I, I think the crowd is really going to make this show I think the crowd is going to elevate this show because you're going to have so many performers just happy to be in front of a live crowd um, I don't think it's fair to fault performers if they're not giving it their all when they're wrestling in an empty arena surrounded by LED screens um, and and getting piped in crowd noise that is being controlled by production you, you just you don't know if a guy's over or not or if it's working or not that way I, and I think a lot of these guys and, and these women are going to be really amped up to be in front of a really hot crowd who are going to get a, a spectacle of a show and money in the bank is always a spectacle of a show um with both of those ladder matches and and really a fantastic card i think being built um between those two ladder matches as well as the wwe title match with kofi and bobby lashley and and the universal title match with edge and roman reigns um yeah i think i think money in the bank is going to be a fantastic fantastic show uh I, I hope it is anyways. Um, it's one of those pay-per-views that usually delivers because it's it's sort of crept its way into uh, the WWE pay-per-views as like a tentpole show, right? Like you have the big four being WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Well, Money in the Bank has really kind of cemented itself as that fifth kind of important show, Um just because of the outcome, because of, of somebody having this contract they can cash in at any time. Um, getting to that point, do we talk predictions for this for the winners this year? 
Um, I've, I've mentioned before, I, I very much think Drew McIntyre is winning the men's money in the bank. Um, they're they're kind of... They, okay, I said earlier, like, Raw and, and even SmackDown felt very by the numbers as far as go-home shows go. What I mean by that is you're getting a lot of combinations of the guys and the women that are in the Money in the Bank matches facing off each other facing off against each other. On Raw, we had the four-way match with the women. Um, on SmackDown, we had the fatal four-way with the men. And, and they've kind of separated Drew McIntyre from all this by putting him in this short little TV feud with uh, Jinder Mahal, which, which is great. Like, I've wanted a Drew McIntyre-Jinder Mahal feud since Jinder came back. Um, I, I'm not crazy about the premise of it with Jinder stealing the sword, which is made from the tooth of the Loch Ness Monster or some nonsense, but, but that stuff aside, um, these are two guys that they're, they're, you know, they're really good friends, they have really good chemistry, and and they're both, like, really big dudes. So it, it does make for, for a really good program. If that continues, it's hard to say if that's going to continue after Money in the Bank, even if Drew wins. Um... And uh, I guess the reason I say that is I like I've I've always thought that Drew's gonna win the Money in the Bank and immediately challenge Bobby Lashley on the, on the Raw after and do like the honorable cash in just say I'm cashing in my contract the matches for SummerSlam and all that I, I've I've really believed that WWE wants to get that big championship win pop for Drew McIntyre and I thought SummerSlam was gonna be the place to do it. Um, until I heard the news that returning to WWE TV next week will be Bill Goldberg. Um, man, as as much as we didn't need Bill Goldberg in 2020, I, I think we need him even less in 2021. And if the rumors are true that it's still supposed to be John Cena and Roman Reigns for the Universal title, I don't know if that's a fact or not um then if bill goldberg's coming back they're putting him right into a program with bobby lashley and that's that's going to be your match at SummerSlam. and and oh like this company just it cannot help itself and if that's the wwe championship program for SummerSlam, uh i i'm willing to bet that bill goldberg's come out of SummerSlam as your new wwe champion for for some reason like they just, they can't help themselves with this guy. Like, this guy, they, this guy was 25 years ago, almost, was his heyday of his popularity. And they just, I, I know they have contractual obligations to him and all that stuff, but they just keep going back to the well with that guy. Um, I, I think, I think at some point the nostalgia has lost, has lost its luster. Um, Especially if you're going to have a John Cena returning, because I think John Cena has been away long enough that, and and he hasn't made a whole lot of returns, right? The last time we saw John Cena was the Firefly Funhouse match um, two years ago at WrestleMania. So if John Cena's coming back for SummerSlam, that's a special enough return that I think fans would really get behind that match, and it, it would legit draw a lot of interest. Bill Goldberg, um, his last few matches in WWE have not been good. His last few runs have not been good. 
and there's no reason to believe that if he's coming back for another run as a champion or in a championship program, there's no reason to believe it's going to be any different. Um, you know, eventually, it's it's like the it's like the Legends Nights on Raw, right? Like you can only see Tatanka so many times, and you can only see IRS so many times before it just it it doesn't feel special anymore. And I don't think Goldberg feels special anymore. I really, really don't. And and John Cena will feel with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bill Special. And that will definitely overshadow anything Bill Goldberg was doing on that show. Um, like I said, like nostalgia wears off. Um, and I, I don't think for me that was any more evident than on Dynamite this week where we got Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. And I, I got to be honest, like, between, like, that was one of the matches that really lost lost my interest on Dynamite. Um, because I just, I, I don't feel, I don't feel an attachment to that feud anymore. That feud is 20 years old at this point. And like like I said last week, um, that, that feud was more Matt Hardy and Edge and it ever was Matt Hardy and Christian, right? Like, outside of the tag team stuff. And so, to see those guys get a pretty lengthy match on Dynamite, it was hard holding my interest for that match. Um, I And unfortunately, I don't think they're done. Like, it, it really does seem like they're going to end up with some multi-tag matches, or some multi-man matches with, like, uh, Christian and... and Jurassic Express teaming up to take on the Hardy family office and I just that's a that's a lame duck program for me for sure I just don't have any interest in that let's talk about a program I do have a lot of interest in on Dynamite and again it goes back to Kenny Omega who is probably like the hottest guy in the industry right now and uh that's that's the title picture and it's it's Hangman Page demanding his title shot Kenny Omega saying no, and what we end up getting is we're going to have a, a five-on-five elimination match. Kenny and the Super Elite versus Hangman and the Dark Order. The stipulation is if Hangman and Dark Order win, Adam Page gets his world title shot, and I th- believe it's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson getting a tag team title shot against the Bucks. That's fantastic. Um, I, love, I love when there's this like multiple championship aspect to matches like that we saw it on um nxt uh the great american bash if i recall when uh bronson reed and uh msk took on 
uh, Santos Escobar and and uh, and his guys are Delago El Fantasmo, I believe it is, um, with both the North American title and the tag titles up up for grabs. So to have two title shots on the line here, um, and, and possibly probably both being built for all out, I would assume. I think that's a great stipulation to put on a big elimination match like this. And I think uh, you're going to have enough talent in that ring that it's going to be a really good match. I would assume on the Super Elite side, you got Kenny, you're going to have the Bucks, and probably the Good Brothers, who actually re reclaim the Impact Tag Titles this past, or on Slamversary. So there's going to be a lot of gold on the Super Elite going into... A match against, I guess, what would be dubbed an undercard team of, I would assume, Hangman Page, uh, Uno, and Grayson, and then from there, I don't know where you go. I like, I, I don't see how you don't have ten involved in that match. Do you go ten and then Allen Angels possibly? It's, it's a, I don't think Colt Cabana gets in that match. I don't know if John Silver's shoulder is ready for that match. Um, and then where do you? Where does that leave Alex Reynolds? Like, the Dark Order has a lot of capable guys. So, um, I'm not sure when that match is happening. I don't know if it's happening at Fight for the Fallen in a couple weeks or not. But I'm literally, I am looking forward to that match. Although, I think I am away for Fight for the Fallen. So, I might not be able to watch that match. Which kind of sucks. Um, one match I did watch. That main event match on, on Dynamite between Ethan Page and Darby Allen was incredible. Um... Two guys who know each other so well, and a guy like Darby, I, like the bumps this guy takes from being slammed on the stairs to the, the coffin drop through the coffin after the match was just, it was insane. Like I just, for Darby Allen, I just don't understand. I, I feel for this guy in like ten years when he's like, it's just, to me, it, it's just such a dynamite kid situation where he's gonna put his body through all of this stuff and. You know, in 10 years' time, he's just going to be beat to hell. And and he's going to have a hard time doing anything, I think, because some of these bumps he takes are so dangerous and so unnecessary. Um, fantastic match, though. Really, really good match. Um, I, I don't know what this means going forward. I, I guess very much feels like the end of this program for now. So I guess we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, Darby maybe looks to reclaim that TNT title at some point or not. Uh, what else happened on Dynamite this week? Oh, the Cody Rhodes Malachi Black stuff. Um, okay, so last week I kind of said I wasn't overly excited about Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes being like being his first program. Um, I've very much changed my stance on that. I I'm very much looking forward to this match, and I think. I think it's going to be a real big opportunity for Malachi Black to really establish himself. His promo on Cody was so good. Like just he comes off as a super educated guy, that, very unassuming, like almost in the sense that like he sounds so educated and so intelligent, you wouldn't expect him to have this like vicious streak in him that saw him lay out Arn Anderson. Um, and it's a nice contrast for like those high emotion promos that that Cody puts out. It's it's real similar to Edge Roman Reigns in a sense, right? Like just the demeanor of of both both sides of this program. But uh, I think these two are going to have a fantastic match. I'm excited to see how this build goes 
because I think these two should be at all out as well. Um, I would definitely have Alistair Black, or sorry, Malachi Black, like, laying out members of the Nightmare family, like Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson, all these guys, like, just have them, you know, Dustin Rhodes gets taken out. I think, I think he should absolutely walk through the Nightmare family, whether it's in ring or not, leading up to Cody. And, and, and then just have the culmination be at all out. Um, oh, I wanted to talk Inner Circle and Pinnacle. You know, probably like the longest running feud I think AEW's had to date. Um, so I, I said before that I'd like to see a lot of different combinations of this. Um, but they're really kind of focusing on like keeping the same groups of guys together, like Hager and Wardlow being bitter rivals, FTR and Proud and Powerful being bitter rivals, uh, Sammy and Sean Spears being bitter. You, you know what I'm saying here. Um, and so we're getting another build with uh, Proud and Powerful, looks like taking on FTR. Af after they took out Conan last week, uh, they teased Proud and Powerful taking out Tolly this week and not doing it. And Tolly was great in this, in this uh, segment. And, you know, I've really turned the corner on the idea that they need to mix and match the guys. I think keep building it up. Keep, you know, keep the tag teams feuding with the tag teams. Keep the big guys feuding with the big guys, that kind of thing. Um, the only, like, real mix we're getting here is the five labors of Jericho that MJF has set forward, where Jericho sounds like is basically going to have to take out or, you know, win a match against every member of the pinnacle to get to MJF. And that's a really good logical way to build to a match it all out between the two um, because it's going to fill a lot of time, right? So next week we have Jericho taking on Sean Spears, but the stipulation is Spears can use a chair while Jericho cannot. So, I, I mean, the problem with a feud like this is it's very uh, transparent with how it's going to go. Like, obviously, Jericho's going to walk walk through these guys. Well, not walk through them, but he's going to get through all of them. We're going to get the match with MJF. And I think that would probably be the blow-off of this inner circle pinnacle feud. Is that all out against Jericho and MJF? Like, that'll be, like, the big showdown between them that, that the whole thing has really been building to. So we'll see how that keeps going. Um, and, and I expect, you know, the, the ideal be to have Jericho at less than 100% going into a match against MJF and, and really trying to handicap Jericho there. Um, what else? Like, I, I didn't really want to talk too much about Raw and SmackDown because, like I said, even for go-home shows, they just felt very sort of by the numbers. I think I've said that a couple times. And, and I think that's because they had the qualifiers so early so that they could get to, like, these different combinations of matches with all the Money in the Bank qualifiers. Um, and, and even with, like, the WWE title picture, like, you have... You, like, you have a nice mix of Kofi and Xavier Woods and Bobby Lashley and MVP, but it just it just feels very laid out in a sense that we're just getting to the pay-per-view, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Um, on the SmackDown side, like, we did get confirmation the Usos are getting a tag title shot against the Mysterios. That's going to be on the kickoff show. I think the Usos should probably win those belts. Um, 
you know, the Edge Roman stuff, they they kind of take away from it a little bit because we got physicality between them in a six-man tag, like, days before the pay-per-view match. I don't think I would have done that personally. Uh, I would have tried to keep them separate as, until the match, like, keep it, you know, keep any interaction with them somewhat special. Uh, I think at Money in the Bank, Roman definitely is probably winning that match because they've been giving Edge so much leading up to it with him constantly getting Roman or the Usos in that kind of cross-face submission with the part of the chair. And they just, I mean, it's WWE. It's its very predictable how they do their booking. They, they book, the, usually the guy who's going to lose at the pay-per-view, they book him super strong for like however many weeks leading into the pay-per-view. It, it's just, it's kind of nonsensical to me, but that's just what they do. It's And it, it's very predictable how they do that. Um, again, on SmackDown, oh, they ran a promo for Tony Storm coming to SmackDown. Um, I, I like that idea. It's another fresh face to add to the women's division, uh, especially since we're getting two weeks in a row of Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, yeah, adding another face to this division is definitely what they need especially because it seems like the bailey injury is legitimate and it sounds like it's pretty bad like she's going to be a few months for sure before she's back um which isn't the worst thing like you you never want to wish injury on anybody but this is a good chance for her to repackage rebrand come up with a new character and, and come back fresh right like if she's gone for a few months when she comes back it's going to be it's going to be a big pop it's going to be fresh and and she can get right back into the title picture um, continuing the trend of new faces on Raw, Shotzi and Knox, um, which is what they're being called now, uh, they get another win over Tamina and Natalia to earn a shot at the women's tag team titles. Now, that's a match that will not be happening at the pay-per-view as Tamina and Natalia somehow got into the Money in the Bank match. I, I must have missed how that happened. Um, but again, it's it's fresh faces being inserted into that roster and being inserted into that division. So I'm all for that. Um, you know, even even Finn Balor is a fresh face on SmackDown, like I talked about earlier. So it's nice to see them like playing with the roster a bit and bringing bringing some fresh faces in, trying some new some new things out, that kind of stuff, instead of just getting the same old same old. Um, they finally managed to move on from Nakamura and Baron Corbin, and they now play up. They're playing up this Baron Corbin down on his luck thing. I, I don't know how well that's gonna do for him character-wise. Like Baron Corbin is already a pretty terrible gimmick just on his own. To to add this to it now is just even more ridiculous. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, the Raw side, again, very by the numbers, I think, in terms of how they're booking everything going forward. Um, it looks like Damian Priest is going to get into the U.S. title scene. I don't know if he has a match with Sheamus coming up, but if, I think when that match does eventually happen, I think you need to flip that U.S. title over to Damian Priest and start giving that guy a push because, like... Again, like we talked about, you need fresh faces to challenge for titles on Raw, especially if your answer is possibly going to be putting Goldberg into the title picture. It just to me, it's just it's such backwards thinking when you have such raw talent like a Damian Priest or even an AJ Styles. Like I will always go to bat for AJ Styles 
being in the main event, being in the title picture. Um, yeah, so speaking of main events, I watched the main event on NXT, the Karrion Cross Johnny Gargano NXT Championship match. Um, it was a it was a good match. Like it wasn't anything great. Um, I don't think it hit the standard that NXT matches or that NXT title matches usually hit. But it was it was a good match. Uh, a lot of this was just because Joe was a special guest referee. There was a lot surrounding Samoa Joe, and again, a lot in this whole show seems to surround Samoa Joe, and and just how many how many NXT superstars can we have? face down Samoa Joe like just this week we got him we got him in stare downs with Pete Dunne Adam Cole Karrion Cross, and, and Bronson Reed even a little bit so like and then even at the end of the show with with Karrion Cross beating Gargano and then attacking Joe after the fact and choking him out like like they are teasing this cross Joe match so hard and I like if we don't get this match at NXT TakeOver I don't even know what we're doing anymore because they're teasing it every week. It's it's so blatantly in your face <laughs> that they're building to this match. And, and if it's Joe versus Cross for the NXT title at TakeOver, like that's going to be a fantastic match. But then like I also really want to see Joe versus Adam Cole, and Adam Cole even alluding to it a little bit in his promo. Um, although I do think when TakeOver comes, uh, we're probably getting Cole Riley 3, and, and that'll probably be the end of that trilogy, hopefully. Um, because I think they're one win apiece right now. <laughs> Although, it was it was a nice touch uh, how Adam Cole said that O'Reilly's win didn't count because it was an unsanctioned match, which is a nice throwback to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa from their unsanctioned match. <laughs> and, and, of course, the relationship of Britt Baker and Adam Cole being very, very public. So that was a nice, a nice little shout-out. I got a nice chuckle out of that. Um... Also on NXT, like this Cameron Grimes Butler stuff, um, he's the right character for it, serving as LA Knight's Butler, because <laughs> he, he's a very comedic character. But again, this is stuff that I don't think NXT needs to be doing. This is kind of main roster stuff that gets criticized very heavily week in and week out, and, and I kind of wish NXT would stray away from this a little bit, but it is what it is, I guess. Um... Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a lot. Kind of most of what I wanted to talk about. Um, it's going to be a big week this week, of course, with uh, Money in the Bank and, and everything. And, and night two of Fighter Fest has uh, the AW Women's Championship match with Britt Baker and Nyla Rose, as well as that IWGP US Championship match. So, like, there is a lot of big stuff coming up. Um, you know, we always get the follow up on Raw and SmackDown after a big show like this. Uh, and, and I guess on NXT, you just tune in to see who, who Joe's going to mean mug in the back this week and, and tease a feud with this week. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of start wrapping up there. Uh, I did also want to touch on the passing of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndoff this week. Um, you know, he's a guy I didn't really watch a lot of because he was kind of... In, he was kind of like really in prominence early in the in the days of WWE before I was really a big fan. But uh, I mean, everybody knows like he was in the main event of that first WrestleMania, teaming with Brody Piper against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Um, a fantastic heel, a fantastic wrestler. Um, 
you know, it's it, it's sad that, you know, it's another legend lost. And, and I saw a graphic on Twitter that just had the whole Bobby Heenan family and saying, like, they're all together again. And it's just, you know, it's it's it, it kind of hits you a bit because it's like it's Bobby Heenan and it's Andre the Giant and it's Mr. Perfect and it's King Kong Bundy and it's Big John Studd and now it's Paul Orndorff. And, like, and they're, like, they're all legends. They're all Hall of Famers, right? Um, I guess on the other side of things, it's nice to see guys kind of going at the right time, if that makes sense, like of natural causes or whatever it is, instead of you know, like in, in the mid 2000s there, we just got that ugly, ugly run of guys just passing away at like 33, 34, 35 years old. So, um, you know, it's a sad day in the wrestling world. Paul Randolph is, is a guy that very much helped establish the modern day professional wrestling um, and, and being a major foil to Hulk Hogan during the rise of Hulkamania, during the rise of the WWE, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, condolences to to Mr. Wonderful's family and, and friends and fans. Yeah, so with that out of the way, uh, I also wanted to just uh, say thank you to anyone who listened to uh, my new monthly feature that I'm doing, A Mark on History, um, dropped this past month on the 15th. Um, I'm going to be doing those, like I said, monthly and the you know the premise of it is just me talking about aspects and programs and moments from professional wrestling uh, from my viewpoint as a fan. I'm not necessarily trying to give like a documentary style history on the events, just just how I viewed them and how I reacted to them and stuff like that. Um, the next one coming up is going to be August fifteenth, and I'm going to be talking about the CM Punk pipe bomb. So. Um, if if you're a big CM Punk fan, you might not like what you hear, but you, you just have to wait till the fifteenth, I guess. Um, yeah. So as always, um, I want to thank everyone for for listening. Um, you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, let it, let everybody know. Share it on social media. Find us on all the major po- podcast platforms. Um, Again, if you ever want to talk wrestling, uh, either at Selling the Mark on Twitter or at Corn underscore CWM, um, you know I, I'm always down to talk some wrestling, see what's happening in the world, maybe make fun of decisions like bringing back Bill Goldberg, um, or, or if if you have anything that you want me to touch on going forward, just just let me know in the inbox or or in my mentions, whatever. It's all good. Um, Special thanks again, and as always, to Upside Down Town for letting me use their song, My Fun Thing, for the intro and outro music on this podcast. Uh, they're all, they're actually going to get featured on um, local rock station here in, in Edmonton, so that's that's awesome for them. That's a big opportunity for them, and, and it's exciting. So, uh, again, thanks to them for letting me use their music. And, um, yeah, again, Money in the Bank coming up, uh, Raw and SmackDown follow-ups, all that good stuff. Fighter Fest Night 2, we're heading up to Fight for the Fall in the week after. Um, yeah, and, and a lot, you know, building to a lot of big stuff. And, and again, so much awesome stuff happening with just the crossover between companies and everything like that. So there's always lots out there to watch. Um, there's going to be more coming with the debut of AW Rampage in a couple of weeks um, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know. If, if you're looking for professional wrestling, it's almost seven nights a week at this point. 
Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next week talking about Money in the Bank and the follow-up from that and everything else. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.